the incredible teacher. Jesus was an incredible teacher. His insight and his practical truth amazed the people who came to listen to him. He told story after story and people, the crowds, were astonished at his teaching and the depth of which what he said and the parables of Jesus have so much depth to them that you can read them every week for years and and, uh, the Holy Spirit has a way to speak to our hearts about what God wants to do inside of us and with us when we're listening to Him. I'm going to begin this series on, uh, on the parables of Jesus with a group of parables that have been called by some the growth parables. Uh, parables about how we grow as Christians and what's important for us to understand about God, the gardener's work in our lives and our hearts in order to be the Christians that God wants us to be. About maturing as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. I'm guessing that most of you that are here today, maybe not all, but most of you are here to say, yes, I'm a Christian. I've asked Jesus to come into my heart and my life. And so my question as we begin this series is, where are you going to go from there in your life and the depth of what you believe and how you're going to live your life and and uh, what you believe God wants to do inside of you, and whether or not you are waiting and listening and responding to what God wants to do inside of you. Jesus was able to take experiences from everyday life and somehow bring out of those uh, stories and out of those uh, examples amazing truth. You might say it like this, uh, Jesus was able to take out of the garden all kinds of applications and teach his disciples and to help them to understand the kingdom of God. So many of the parables of Jesus begin like this. The kingdom of God is like this. God's world is like this. A God worldview is like this. And he can give such depth and truth to us. I can't help but think of my father when I read the parables of Jesus, especially the garden parables. For those of you that knew my dad, he's been gone now about three years, but he was here a lot while he was here, and I was so close to him. And boy, one of the things that describes my dad all my life was he was a gardener. This was his last garden, as far as I can know. It was about in his mid-80s, and you can see it's kind of, you know, you can see how long it is, about that wide. And that's after dad told me year after year for 15 years he was cutting back. He just loved to be in the garden. And man, so many things about my dad come from what I remember and how uh, he lived his life and what he believed. And and he learned so much from the garden. And I realize that that's been a big influence in my life. Um, I also uh, uh, know that God sees into my garden and into my backyard, I would say, And God teaches me from the things that I see and I plant and I watch grow. And those of you will do that too if you have an open heart and open spirit. And uh, God will teach you from nature. I know that there's so many things in my... I snapped a few pictures this week and I may talk about a couple of them over time uh, in this series. But uh, so many times when I go out and I see what a disaster something is that I tried to, to, to get to grow or... I do something wrong or I learn 
from watching how plants grow. And God knows how we grow. He is the master gardener. And he knows exactly what we need. So many of the parables of Jesus just bring to life, or they come to life as we see the, uh, the illustrations that they come from in life. My heavenly Father is the master gardener, and he understands. He understands how I develop. He understands where faith comes from and how it germinates and how it, it sprouts and how it grows and what the challenges are to our faith. God understands the world that you live in. He understands the good things that are part of your world and the pressures that are part of your world. And God knows how to help you to stay focused and be focused on Him and understand a relationship that is living and active with an eternal heavenly Father. He cares about you as one that wants a relationship with you. God knows you. God knows your backyard. God knows how you grow. God knows your garden. I'm reminded of his wisdom constantly as I look around and, and uh, see the things that God brings to life. The parable of the sower is one such story that Jesus told. I'm guessing that Jesus told this story when he was out one day remembering watching the farmers in the field near where he was. He would have seen farmers working throughout the, the farming season or the gardening season and he did have a great knowledge of the variety of the plants and how they grew and what made them grow. And, and Jesus took from what he saw and he watched to give us an incredible parable about spiritual life that's so true today. In the work of the garden, Jesus drew out some, some beautiful connections. The parable is also called the the, the parable of the soil, for not only is it about the sower, but it, it's also about the soil and who we are. We are the soil. And Jesus tells us in this parable that every person who even considers the kingdom of God is one of four soils. Sometimes we might be more of one than another, and maybe there's times or stages in our life. But this morning, I want you to listen to the description of the four soils and then ask yourself, what is God saying to me about where I'm at spiritually and my relationship with him? Remember, God wants a deep relationship with you. He wants an active, growing, close relationship with you. And so when he gives us these parables, he is, he's telling us how important we are to him and, and what we can learn about them. Read with me, Mark chapter 4, verse 20. If you want to read, I'm going to read the whole parable today. I'm going to read it from Mark's gospel. It's found in another gospel as well, but I'm going to read it from Mark. Beginning in chapter 4, if you have your phone and you want to follow along, or you want to look at there's a Bible in front of you, or maybe you brought a Bible today. But listen to these words. Jesus not only tells the parable, but later on he explains the parable. And I'm going to read both of it. Where do you find yourself today in this parable of the sower? Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. 
Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parable. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Let me say that again. The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. God gives to you the truth and the foundation and the secret of what's important spiritually in your life. He gives that to you. It's up to you. You go back to the prior two verses. It's up to you whether or not you will hear that. And you will embrace that. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I want to say to all of us today, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what Jesus is saying to you and to me about his kingdom. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the seed. Some people are like seed along the path where this word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. We know in this parable from the context and the words of Jesus that that Jesus is giving a parable about God. God is the sower. He is the one that is giving the gift of life. He is the one who is the one who cares deeply about people. And so he is giving them his truth. In the story, the farmer has a great heart of giving. The sower is good. God is good. God is gracious. God is loving. Jesus paints this picture of the sower who goes out with a bag full of something and, and he scatters it freely and he wants everyone to get some. God wants you to hear his truth and his word. God has not worked all through human history and then sits back and says, well, go ahead and, and hear me if you want to. No, it's in the heart of God to communicate with you about your soul and your priority and your life. He will speak to you about the truth if you have ears to hear. The heart of God is very loving. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. He holds the seed in his hand and he scatters it freely in the wind. This parable, I have this idea of a wind-blown field and that sower as he goes out and he scatters it freely into the wind and lets the wind carry it and land it anywhere it can, everywhere it can. God is not sparing with his truth. 
He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He is not holding on to the seed tightly because the storehouse will be empty. God is giving and giving and giving. There are many descriptions in the Bible about the givingness, the the heart of God that gives. He is giving and giving and giving. That's how God feels about you. And in this parable, Jesus is helping us to see how much God cares about you as the sower. The sower is God. The sower is good. The sower loves and he scatters freely. The sower holds the key to life. Jesus is telling us that the sower knows what will bring life, what will bring the harvest, what will bring fullness, what will bring the most meaning to our lives. When you think about all the things that man aspires to, the sower knows what we need the most. He knows what is most important in our lives. And he wants us to have that. He cares deeply about that. He holds the key to life. Every stage of Christian life. This uh, parable and some of the other parables that Jesus focuses on the stages of the Christian life. But the sower cares about every stage all the way to the harvest. And God has a picture of your life that includes all the stages of spiritual life and connection to him and relationship with him. So we know from this parable and we know from the Holy Scriptures that the, the sower is good. We also know that the seed is good. The seed of God's truth is good. God is never wrong. He is perfect. He is wise. He does understand history. He does understand sin. He does understand how we're wired. He does understand the world that we live in and the pressures that we feel. God knows what you face. Don't go through life and think, well, God doesn't really understand my life and where, uh, what's going on in me. God already knows. He knows what you're feeling today. He knows what you're feeling disappointed about. He knows where you feel disillusioned about someone or something or some group. He knows those things. And He gives you His truth And the truth of God's word is excellent. It's perfect. The word of the Lord lives forever. I think of all the Psalms that talk about how beautiful the words of God are. The truth of God is. And and when you boil it down that, that God has a heart for us. And the word of God, the Bible, is what God gives us for our blessing. God doesn't use the Bible as a something to thump people. God uses the Bible because He wants us to hear His heart and know how much He cares about us and loves us. The Bible is good. The Bible is, is God's truth. It has great power. It has uh, not only power, but it has potential. It's high quality. The seed is good. You know, you can probably buy different quality of seed when you plant in the field and I tell you, the seed of God's truth is the highest quality. The seed is the truth of God, cover to cover. Everything in God's Word is true. You may not understand it. You may wonder what it means at times as you look at it. But everything that God comes out of the mouth of God is true. And God can help you to understand it and see it. Also, the seed is eternal. The seed is not just about this life. But the truth of God is for all of eternity. It is for all your life and all of eternity. God has this 
viewpoint and this wisdom of eternity that our world, our, our, the, the thinkers of our world do not understand because they don't understand the eternal nature of God. They don't understand that we are eternal creatures and God created us to live forever. And in creating us to live forever, God's wisdom about life is missed by those who won't look at the Word, who do not have ears to hear. The Word of God is eternal. It is wise. It is perceptive. It is penetrating. It is honest. The Word of God goes deeper. Timothy, and Timothy we read about it, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Just think about that picture and the idea of a strong Roman sword and both sides so sharp, and that's how the Bible describes the Word of God. It is sharper than anything. It is tougher. It is stronger. It goes deeper. It divides to the joints, to the marrow, and, and it, it, it perceives everything. God's Word perceives truth. If you'll listen to it and hear it, it is perceptive. It is powerful. It is able to change hearts. It's able to change lives. It's able to go into the, the hardest places. And it is able to break up hard ground where there's someone who will listen to the Word of God. God can change anybody. His Gospel, His Word, His truth can change anybody if they allow His Spirit and His seed to come into their life. Within the seed is the gift of life. Within the Word of God is the gift of life that God offers each one of us. We have the heart of the sower. And we have the power within the seed. And then we have the soil. The soil. The third part of the parable. The sower. The seed. And the soil. That's you. That's me. Every one of us, Jesus is speaking to in this parable. Whether you're young or you're old, whether you've been around a long time or you're new, Jesus is speaking to you and I in this parable. In the mirror. It's like Jesus is giving this parable. That's what I'm thinking about. And He holds up the mirror. He says, you're the soil. What kind of soil are you? Let me describe four soils, Jesus says. You look within. You look in the mirror. You take a look really at who you are and what you are. And you'll hear me describe four kinds of soil, Jesus says. When I do, that will be a key to life. Your life spiritually. The closeness to God. God, again, wants to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' parable, he's describing simply four kinds of soil, and they're not very complicated. And each one of them say something about where people are spiritually in their connection to listening to God. So this morning, for 10 minutes or so, I want to invite you to look in the mirror and hear what Jesus says about the soil in our lives. It's really up to us which soil it will be. Nobody can do it for you. 
Nobody can make you receptive to God's word. Nobody can make a choice for you to bow your heart in humility to Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. You, you, you have to do that yourself. So it's really not about looking at the mirror and seeing your spouse or seeing your mother or seeing your grandma or seeing some teacher somewhere. Looking in the mirror, you know, when you look directly in the mirror, there's only, you see yourself. And that's the way it is. When I read this parable, <coughs> I think of this. Maybe I could say it like this. The parable of the sower is a sermon on the state of the church. Not the state of the union or the state of the team, but the state of the church. Four soils. The first soil, Jesus describes it like this. Some people are like seed along the path where this word is sown As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Maybe there's a part of you that could say, boy, I can identify with the first soil. I'm too hard. I have not made the choice to open my heart to even listen to what God says. I already know. My life has already brought me certain circumstances so that I know everything. Don't try to tell me. Don't try to convince me. Leave me alone. Don't tell me that God speaks to me. I've chosen my life, and I'm going to stay that way. It's a hard heart. It's a heart that refuses to listen to God. This one's not very hard. The gospel never has a chance. God's truth never has a chance. God's morality never has a chance. The birds of the air come and take it away before it has any opportunity. I'm afraid within the church, within the world, there's an attitude that doesn't even give respect to listen to what God says. Soil number one, the hard ground. The second soil is called, could be called the rocky ground. There's really not much soil there. It's mostly rocks and things that are not hospitable to plants to grow. Jesus says it like this, others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once rejoice with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Many people take first steps toward God. They hear the gospel. They hear a genuine testimony in their attracted to it, or they're attracted maybe to the character of a a, a truly godly Christian. Maybe they've heard bits and pieces. Maybe they hear it on a radio program, or they they see it somewhere on TV, and it, it makes them think, and they already know that God is already reaching out with His Word. That God always does that. See, the sower sows the seed. It's not like the sower takes, you know, it's not how 
you know, my dad planted corn. I mean, my dad was precise. He put a string, long two post all the way. I mean, it was a long garden as a kid. He had a string there. And then he had the plow. And he would go precisely along that string. If he messed up, he'd come back and do it again. I just thought of this. That plow is on my shed wall. Oh, I have memories of that plow. How careful my dad was with the seed. I mean, every so many inches went two seeds of corn. That's one parable, but that's not the one today. The parable is the full sack of seed that the sower has. He just throws it. It lands everywhere. It lands on the first soil. It lands on the second soil. You know, sometimes people hear this and it says here the joy. Man, they receive it with joy. They're excited. Yes. I understand Jesus died for my sins and I choose him today. There's excitement and joy and yes, I want to live the Christian life. Yes, I, I want to do this. And, but the roots don't go down deep enough. Not enough depth. Roots only go down a little bit and it's based on truth and it's based on the seed and it's a different category from the first, but boy, there's just not enough strength on, to hold up that plant. As the wind's going to blow, and there's going to be, and Jesus says, problems come, challenges come, things happen that uh, that seem to push on the plant. He says, trouble or persecution comes because of the word, and they quickly fall away. Taking first steps to God is so important, but it's also important to take every step toward God and to keep moving. It doesn't take much to overwhelm a plant that doesn't have roots. You know that. They don't grow to maturity. They grow a few inches maybe. When a little bit of pressure comes, you know, when the friends make fun of them, when the family members aren't supportive, The pressure comes and the roots aren't deep enough. Soil number two. What do you see in your mirror? Soil number three. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Number three. Yes, I want to be a Christian, but I want to be on my own terms. No, I don't like that Jesus calls me to fully surrender and be crucified with him and give all, as Jesus said, give your life. That's not the Jesus I want. That's not the Christianity I want. I, I want what I want. I want my hobbies. I, I want my own perspective about everything in life and I really don't want to be bothered and challenged by the things of God maybe a little bit 
I mean, I can look good, I can look the part, and I can, I can smile, and yes, I'm a Christian, but don't get too close, don't get too personal, don't get too exact about what the Word says. In fact, I kind of like a general reading of the Word, but don't go to the specific places about my heart, my attitude, or my tongue, or my influence. Just stay away from there, and if you do, I'm okay. Boy, what are the three things here? What does he name? The worries of this life. What would it be for you? What is it that occupies your mind and you're concerned about? The deceitfulness of wealth. Oh, it's so true. What, are we, what tree are we barking up? What ladder are we trying to climb? What are we trying to hold on to? You know, is security more important than generosity? The deceitfulness of wealth. The love of money. Again, not money. The love of money is the root of every kind of evil. What about security? What about the things we have and we hold on to? The desires for other things. Yeah, you think, well, this parable, this is for lost people. Or is this parable for the church? God's people. What kind of soil are you? What does God see when He looks into your face and into your life and into your garden, into your backyard? Does he see a lot of distractions that really keep you from loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself? Oh, the master gardener loves you and cares about you so much. Some ways I think about this, and I am going to show you, I think I put it at there, one picture. Go to the next slide if it made that way into. I'm not sure. Would you go to the next slide? No, it's not, it's not the one. It's one of my prior ones, and I think I forgot to carry that over. But what it was is a picture of my shed and all the green in front of it. You guys have been out there, came to the swim and the, the cookout. In front of my shed, I, had, I, I, I planted my garden in pots. thought I'd try it a little different this year. So I planted about 10 pots. I went out and dug up the soil from the field next door and put it in. I put in my tomatoes and I put in some lettuce and a couple of uh, 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 yellow things. And Except I don't know that they're yellow because I don't have any yellow on them. Anyway, but... You know, that really looks nice by my shed. I'm thinking, man, that's pretty nice looking the way you did that, Wayne. Man, that's impressive. I tell you the truth. This is just the truth about this. It looks a lot better than it did bearing, bearing vegetables. I am getting, I'm starting to get tomatoes. So it's not that it's been a total loss. But the idea is, it looked a lot better from a distance than it does. And one of my problems, one of them, 
because they had these big fat weeds are growing up in, in the middle of every pot. I don't know how they got there. I went out and I pulled one out the other day and I couldn't hardly pull it out without pulling the whole tomato plant out of it because the roots had so intertwined with that plant. It was bigger than my tomato plant. I don't know about you, but this third soil to me, it, it, I wrestle with this as a pastor. As I try to be a pastor. Try to preach the Word. I try to say to people, how are you juggling the issues of the third soil? I know it's hard. Never one to be judgmental to the church about things. That's just not who I am. But I do think it's very important that we all have a mirror and we look at it. And we say, God, am I living up to what you want for my life? Am I too hard? Man, I just don't have a tender heart. And I say, God, can you break up the soil in my heart a little bit so that I can receive the word? Some people struggle in that area. Other people, they're quick to get on the bandwagon. Maybe because others that they love and care about are, and they're, they're willing to try, and they want to, and it sounds good and attractive, but not really willing to do the deeper work and the deeper look in the mirror and the deeper spiritual. What word am I looking for? The deeper spiritual accountability to God. And so they lose out. And pretty soon problems come and they kind of forget about it and it's gone. And others who, they're determined and man, they, they put those roots down and, but they don't pay attention to the other things that are also in the garden. They don't realize. I never realized that massive weed that I tried to extract from the big pot with a tomato plant, that thing was so big I thought, I never knew it was in there. Probably if I'd have gone over about three weeks before and I would pulled apart and I would have seen it when it was this big. But instead, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Take care. You know, the point of the third soil is not that the person turns from their faith. First two, that's the problem. But the third one is different. The third one is, oh, I still have faith, but I am not productive. My life is not fruitful. And Jesus makes this point. That when the things of the world choke us out, choke us off, then we lose being the people of God that He wants us to be. I said this is the parable of the church. It seems like to me all of them are, but this one does more than I think just about any. This is the parable of 2022 in the church. How important is the truth of God in our lives? How important is honoring Him? 
How important is He as a priority in our lives, in our relationships, in our time? Every single one of us have to make that choice and decision. Every single one of us have to look in the mirror. Every one of us have to say, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want about what I am holding on to? The fourth soil. Oh, that's, that's a good description here. It falls on good ground. It sprouts and it grows. And it produces a large crop. You know, what's the numbers in there? Some 30, some 60, some 100 times. See, God can do that in our hearts and lives if we're willing. If we're willing to say, God, You are number one. You are more important to me than other things in my life. And to embrace Him for who He is. Would you stand please? Dear Jesus, I pray that the soil of my life would be pleasing to You. God, help me not to grow old and grow uh, fixed in my ways that I'll miss out on the most important things of life. I pray You would help those that are here today to have ears that hear. God, that would make the choice to be the soil that You want us to be. God, teach us from our garden, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.